Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Well, welcome back to Anchored In Always. On today's show, I have my very good friend and mentor, Kelly Bullock, back on the show to bless us with part two of her talk on codependency, which if you missed it, check out episode 12. Kelly, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come back and teach us more on this very important topic. It's really one of the most common areas of struggle that we see in Celebrate Recovery, and many struggle with codependency and don't even know it because they don't understand what it really is. So I'm so excited to hear what you have to say for us today. Oh, Katie, I'm so excited to be back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It really is an honor. So in the last episode, we kind of started a conversation specifically about marriage and codependency and laid out some of the definition of codependency and some background and even some cautions about larger boundaries that may need to be in place for certain relationships. So I do think if the listener could go back, that's important. But in this episode, I kind of want to do a part two and really dive into some more about what God's been showing me. He still continues to show me about codependency um, and even branch it out into some areas that play out in other relationships and situations, not just in marriage. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, Kelly, I was going to ask you since that last episode, Um, where you did talk about, you know, in part one of codependency, um, I know that you've been studying it a little bit more and applying some of the things that you're learning in your own life. So how has your definition of codependency really changed or evolved? Well, it's like God's theme right now. Uh, He has um, (laughs) kept it in front of me. He's been very gracious to continue to show me how much I struggle with it specifically, but he is so gracious and he does just continue just to grow me and my understanding and then just how it plays out in my own life. But one thing I can tell you on the front end that for so long, Katie, I've just pictured codependency as almost a term for someone who was weak, just to be really honest. And, um, you know, I'm just seeing over and over that it's often people that have a strong personality or a leader personality that really struggle with it as well. It just plays out differently depending on our personalities. So say someone who's more mild-mannered personality, they may struggle to really stand up for themselves um, and really need people's approval. But for someone like me, it can come out like a huge need for control, um, but it's rooted in the desire for approval all the same, but it's just kind of comes out in a different way. And so um, it's just a great topic. And I feel like without the power of the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, it would just is impossible to really understand and to really apply it to your own life. And I love the conversation that you and your dad talked about recently in an episode about just being in God's word and how important that is. And 
I absolutely think this applies to the codependency for sure. Yes, I definitely agree with you that, you know, God's word is just timeless and it's always applicable to our lives. Um, so for you, what other resources have you found to, to help you learn more about codependency and what that is and how it looks like, you know, in our everyday lives? Well, yes, I think the word is the foundation always. Um, but I do think sometimes God just gifts us with other books or resources to help us on our journey. Um, but I, you know, I'm just stressing again, never always start in the word, always start in the word, but two books that I can tell you that I'm working through right now that God, I know he has sent me. I just, I mean, I can't deny it. Um, but they're the ones that I'm going to kind of share from today. And the first is called Spirit, Soul, and Body by Andrew Womack. And that is really a true Bible study. And it dives into the word and it really talks about how your soul is transformed through the word of God. And then the second one is Codependent No More by Melody Beatty, I think is how you pronounce her last name. But um, both of these books just landed in my lap, I know by God's grace, and they're really helping me to put some language to some of my feelings and to some of my struggles, quite honestly. So um, the first thing I want to share from the Spirit, Soul, and Body book, which I've really just started, I'm only a few lessons in, but I am devouring it. And it is it's been a true gift from God. You know, it's one of those things that a girlfriend's like, God laid this on my heart to send it to you. And I, I know that she was obedient and right, um, for listening. And I'm thankful that she did obey, but it's the scripture is clear. This is what I'm really getting from this book. The scripture is clear that at salvation, our spirits are renewed perfectly, holy, 100%. There's no more work to be done on our spirit you know, at salvation, that, that transformation is complete, but our souls and our bodies, they're, that's not complete. And so the transformation of our soul, which will ultimately help transform our bodies really over time is done by the word of God. So from his teaching, I would explain it like this. I was codependent before I got saved and I'm still codependent, but I can grow less and less codependent over time if I stay in the word of God and let the spirit do a work in me. Does that make sense? Yes. Honestly, as I was listening to you, like that is um, really a struggle of my own that I've struggled with for a long time. And honestly, I think most people struggle with some level of codependency um, because I feel like we all have this innate desire to just be loved, noticed, and to feel safe. It's just important to know the difference that when we cross over into unhealthy codependent behaviors um, and, and honestly reminding ourselves, giving ourselves grace that, uh, like you said, this is going to be a lifelong process of self-awareness and reliance on the Holy Spirit. I'm never going to fully arrive until it is heaven on earth, until I am completely transformed, like you said, spirit, soul, and body. And I'm not there yet. And so to be able to give myself grace um, I've also read the codependent no more book, um, but I haven't done the workbook. Uh, what stood out in that book to you the most? Well, I would, I encourage everybody. I've had lots of people tell me they've read the book. Um, and I have listened to the book before this, but I, I encourage everybody to get the workbook. She does have some really great tools 
that kind of help you chew on the information a little more. Um, but if I started quoting things I've highlighted in the book, uh, we would be here all day, but I will give you, I will narrow it down to just a few. But one of the first ones that stood out to me was survival behaviors are what people do when they don't have other options for dealing with overwhelming situations. The problem is these behaviors become habitual. Then when they turn on us and begin to destroy our lives, we don't know how to stop them. So isn't that so good? That is so amazing. I just, I just helped me a lot because, you know, I had a hard childhood and, and some of those things probably did start in my childhood as survival behaviors, but they have definitely become habitual. Um, and then another one that stood out to me was people wanting clear rules to determine what's codependent and what's not instead of having to trust themselves. And so I, that was me. I mean, I almost avoided the topic because if I don't like gray, I like black and white, you know? And so it was hard for me. And I mean, I think you and I both struggle a little bit of the perfectionism, you know, you, you can't get that one perfect. <laughs> and so I think that that, you know, made a, made it kind of a topic I almost subconsciously avoided um, because it wasn't clear, cut and dry. Um, but another quote was, we can become so healthy that any loss of serenity and peace becomes more than we're willing to accept. And I mean, Katie, if that is possible, I am here for that for sure. I just, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm all in. I'm going to figure out this, <laughs> this gray area. Um, but today I kind of thought we would land on two, I would say more topics from that book that I really liked. And these have been very easy to apply to my life. I love concepts, but I also love application and that part of me that's like, okay, how can I make a concept more black and white? These were the two for me. And the first one is called the teacher. And then the second one is called the trio. And so we'll start talking about the, the teacher. It's a concept that I understood like this. As someone who you are codependent on, instead of viewing them as an enemy, you view them as a teacher who is teaching you something about yourself. And so that was just huge for me. And it seemed to really line up with scripture. You know, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us that. And that ultimately we should do what's right and only seek the approval of God, not man. And so that's Galatians 1, 10. But whether or not I need to draw one boundary or a thousand boundaries with a certain person, more than anything, they are showing me my weakness and where I need to grow. And, you know, I'm not saying that some teachers in our lives, we do need to have bigger boundaries and, you know, things like that. And some some teachers could be an enemy as in the sense of major boundaries. But, for example, my children, it's very important that I do not see my children as my enemies. <laughs> you know, that's very important. But they are some of my biggest teachers, and I have a lot of codependent tendencies. Um, you know, with them, for example, I want my kids to be happy all the time. You know, why? Because it makes me feel like a great mom and because I love them and I don't want them to have hardships. But is that possible? No. So when the rubber met the road, the old me is likely to go way out of my way to make them happy. 
you know, just to do everything in my power to keep them from having a bad day or making it up to them if they do have a bad day. Or another example is I might be mad at them when they weren't able to shake it off quickly. You know, like, okay, it was no big deal. Like, let's just move on. And then I've done everything else unhealthy in between. But ultimately, what is right is for me to hug them and for me to say, I'm so sorry. And then I can ask myself, hey, is there anything healthy that I can do or that I have the grace to do in order to bless them? But ultimately, I've got to be okay for them to sit in their sad feelings and not make it about me. And I mean, that is just a hard gray area, you know, where I have to be led by the spirit. But they are teaching me that I want a lot of control um, more than is remotely realistic or even possible. They are teaching me that I have misplaced my worth as being a good mom or even even misplaced expectations of what's realistic here on planet earth. Um, my kids teach me all the time that I second guess myself so much <laughs> that I don't stand firm in decisions, consequences, boundaries. Um, they teach me that I don't want to let them grow up and think for themselves and have autonomy. I mean, they teach me so much. Teachers in our lives are people that make us step up to the plate, do the right thing, despite our flesh or their flesh, quite honestly. So um, maybe it's like the spouse I talked about in the last episode, or maybe it's a friend that you catch yourself really compromising what you know is right for their approval, or a boss, a coworker. They can all be teachers to us that we're avoiding what we know is right to even the word, the book uses the word manipulate a lot, which kind of caught me off guard, but it's true to manipulate the situation to have a positive outcome. Man, wow. All of the yeses to all of that that you said, Kelly. Um, I know that I personally can definitely relate to feeling like it is my responsibility to make sure that my kids are happy um, or, or friends even. Um, or, you know, and if I don't, then I'm not being a good mom or a good person or a good friend. And I think it's a real struggle sometimes for us, like you said it up there, um, to be able to sit um, allow people to sit in the pain or sit in the struggle a little bit. And um, so I think that is just so important that that we're not um, rushing in to always try to fix or rescue mm-hmm. uh, because there's so much learning and growing, not just for ourselves, because like you said, we're being taught, but then they're learning something when we don't fix or rescue, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so I think that is that is just so important. And I know many of you listening um, right now are struggle with this as well. I know Kelly and I aren't the only ones struggling with this. So how encouraging it is to change the lens that we're looking through and look at these moments as teaching moments that we always have a choice and and we can choose to see this person not as our enemy, but as our teacher. Um, So I just love that. And Kelly, what's the second topic from this book that you um, had wanted to share? If it's half as good as what you just shared, I'm pretty excited to hear it. Well, the second topic I love, and Katie, you're going to recognize it because I now I'm starting to like use it and to the point that my friends and family are going to be like, oh gosh, not the trio again. Um, but it's probably one of the most practical tools that I can quickly pull out of my tool belt and bring it into a situation to help me break several poor codependent habits, honestly, that I have that have formed over the years. Um, But because I love all things recovery and 12-step program of Celebrate Recovery, this is just so powerful. The trio really is just a 
quick combined version of the first three steps. And so, Katie, I know you've done full episodes of these steps, but just tell us quickly what they are, the first three, um, and then I'll tell you how she combines them. Okay, yes, great. You know, I love that. I love me some 12 steps. So the first three are number one, we admitted that we were powerless over our addictions and our compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable. And the verse is, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, Romans 7, 18. And then uh, number two is we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And the scripture with that is for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose, Philippians 2, 13. And then step number three is we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. And Romans 12, 1 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Okay, so those are just so good. And oftentimes in recovery, we use the term our life. Our life is become, has become unmanageable. And I think that full surrender, Katie, really is where it has to start. Um, I don't think we can jump to what I'm about to talk to talk you know, towards until we have really just said, overall, I'm going to make a mess of this if I don't get help and if I don't rely on my higher power, Jesus. Um, But the trio is used to kind of pull out for situations. This situation is unmanageable and I need to step out of denial, not try to fix it on my own, but rather ask God to come into this situation to restore my sanity and to show me how to move forward. And so I'm going to give you um, a quote from this section that I thought was so good. She says, then we acknowledge that there's a loving path through whatever the problem is, and we surrender to God's plan and will for us. Then we trust that where we're going isn't an accident or a mistake. It's the perfect destiny for us. And so I don't know about you, but when something happens, a situation that happens and it feels unmanageable, this is not, (laughs) this is not where I go first. Um, So here's an example from my own life. Say I get a phone call from the school or a panicked message from one of my kids. Um, It's kind of ironic because this actually happened today. Um, But that this is, you know, just, I have two options. Do I take a deep breath? Do I realize that this situation is unmanageable, a.k.a. it causes me great anxiety and it is impossible for me to fix? Um, You know, we have those every day and sometimes they're big, small, silly, but it doesn't matter. Um, Even if I if I should be able to manage it, I can't. But I call on Jesus to enter into the situation and I ask him to show me a peaceful path or what I frequently do is freak out and start immediately taking control and fixing it, which often makes the problem worse because I didn't pray it through. I just reacted. And so it could be something as simple as a girlfriend inviting you somewhere and you feel panic over your, come over yourself because you know, you need to tell them no, that you have too much on your plate, but you just don't want to let them down. And so can you say to yourself, even if it shouldn't be, even if this is silly and you know it's silly can you say this feels very unmanageable because of my codependency tendencies 
Therefore, I'm going to resist from responding until I take some time to pray and seek my higher power, Jesus, so he can give me the strength to say no, a kind yet non-codependent, like say it in a non-codependent way, like not, I'm so sorry, you know, you're going to be mad at me and please forgive me just a simple no explanation and even the grace to stay at peace if they did not respond you know necessarily how you even wanted them to respond it's just a quick tool that we can pull out when anxiety arises and so that's our cue anxiety katie that's our cue because what can bring me anxiety what can bring out my codependency may be totally different than what brings out yours but when peace is slipping and i need to stop for five minutes and gather my thoughts i can quickly step out of denial say that it's unmanageable, call on Jesus, and remember that he wants to help us with our entire lives, tiny situations, big situations, because he loves us and he is a caring father. I mean, don't you love when your kids come and ask you what you should do about simple things? Like you feel honored that they, and also Katie, don't you know that they will make a mess sometimes if they don't come and ask you? Oh, yes. You know, this really resonated me with this trio because um, I have always struggled, I felt like, with reacting in my emotions over responding in the spirit. And really slowly, um, the older I get and the more recovery I've gone through and the more tools I've gained through that, I'm realizing that, you know, it usually does not have a good result when I try to take control um, in the moment and I haven't stopped to pause um, I often would, um, offend or hurt people, you know, with my reactions instead of my, res- my careful responses, I'd embarrass myself or even my kids. And then I would feel just lots of guilt and shame after the fact, because I know the spirit, the Holy spirit in me, you know, was reminding me that's not the way to do things, sweetheart. Um, you know, and so when you realize that this feeling is unmanageable and just need to pause and pray and allow the spirit to direct my, my next steps. And that is just such a blessing and it works so well in our lives. And like you said, in the day to day, the little things and even the great big things. So I just love that. It's just a simple way to kind of break it down. Yes. Today I spilt a, I have a horrible habit. I love public sushi and I love to eat it in the car and it flew all over the car today because you shouldn't eat little box of sushi in the car and I really thought to myself like this is even just the silliest example but they're like soy sauce just flew all over my car (laughs) and so I'm just like okay the perfect way out this feels unmanageable but the perfect way out is just to do nothing about it until I get home and then I can clean it all up and then I can move on with my life. You know, it's just a quick little trigger that that tells you what to do next. Just what is your right next step? Yes. And I really love what you said, Kelly, um, in that it's different for all of us. So you know that it's time for you to implement this trio, these steps, when you start to feel anxious. So whatever brings you anxiety may not bring what brings me anxiety, but when you feel that anxiety starting to happen or your peace slipping away, like you said, that's when, you know, you have to just pause and and think through these three steps. So even maybe putting them on like a note card or somewhere visible in your car or in your bathroom. Um, so it it can be a reminder until it becomes more of a, a natural kind of habitual way to respond. 
Um, I love that. Yeah, I just I just was thinking about that. So Kelly, in closing, what final encouragements do you want to leave the person listening today who finds themselves struggling sometimes on a daily basis with everything that we've just been talking about, but they're desiring to move forward in healing? Well, Katie, I keep telling myself something that a precious counselor told our family recently, that explanation does not equal justification. And so although these books have given me a lot of verbiage to explain patterns in my life, that does not mean these patterns are okay. Um, I can give myself grace for them. I can see where they came from, where they originated. But the buck stops with me. I have to ask for support. Um, I trust that God will graciously provide tools and accountability and just, um, you know, whatever I need, he will provide it for me. You know, I've been on a journey for 18 years, um, staying sober from chemical dependencies. And now I'm on a new journey that will serve me equally as well for the next 18 years. And so in the same way that I got my sobriety um, from alcohol, it will be accomplished one day at a time, one victory at a time, um, one right next step. If I stay on this journey with Jesus, I will be a different person while I'm here on planet Earth. Um, And that's why I want to share this with anyone that is listening, because it's very encouraging. You know, I am a different person than I was 18 years ago, but I still have a long way to go. And so I I would just encourage everyone to, you know, step out of denial, but also start taking those right next steps to move forward and not to be ashamed that you need those next steps or that you need that help, because really we all do. I mean, the more I, I, you said it earlier, but I believe it. The more I learn about codependency and a girlfriend and I were actually talking about this the other day, Katie, that I thought was so funny. I love the Enneagram and we were talking about how each number on the Enneagram, we were kind of just brainstorming like I'm a seven on the Enneagram, the entertainer. So I really get codependent when people aren't happy. I want to make them happy. You know, somebody else that's a two on the Enneagram, that's a, you know, that really is a helper. Well, they just jump right in and help you know, before they even know it, they're jumping right in and helping. And so I think we all have this struggle. It just plays out different in our lives. Yes. And, and you had said, um, as far as like with sobriety, like one day at a time. And I think, you know, sometimes even one moment at a time, um, just realizing that that change is good and change often comes through hard moments, teaching moments. Um, and, and so sometimes it feels hard, but it's often where we really see the most growth in our lives. Um, and to really remind ourselves that we are not alone in this journey. Um, not only can do we have community and support, um, there are people in your lives. You just have to identify them and find trusting people. Um, but also Jesus promises never to leave you or forsake you. Um, and he will push you forward out of your comfort zones often, but he promises to stay with you in it. And that's just so very comforting to me. Um, so Kelly, just, I just wanted to, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I know that this message is so needed and especially as we head into the holiday season where, you know, there's a lot of triggers for a lot of people and maybe just being around, um, family that, that aren't healthy even, or relationships that aren't healthy. It can, it can really trigger the codependency in a lot of us. So, um, I'm really hoping that, um, people are plugging this in and listening on their way to visit family and just getting themselves prepared and in the right mindset. Um, so would you just, uh, close us in prayer, just a prayer over the listener today? Um, to close out the episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much just for what you are showing me and what you've shown Katie and just what you're showing the people that are listening, Lord, that we, um, that there are gaps and there are places that we need to grow, but gosh, you are so faithful, Lord, to stand in the gap with us and to walk us through and to bring us the knowledge we need, the tools we need, but um, more amazingly, the power through your spirit to carry it out. So Lord, I just know that when I open my mouth to go say the wrong thing, that your supernatural power is going to stop me or it's going to have me hit pause. And Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I just ask that you just pour out your spirit on everyone listening and give us the ability to make the right next steps, to just come out of denial, Lord, about our codependency, to start to notice our teachers, Lord, to just, I, I've, lo- I've heard you whisper in my spirit recently, that's a teacher, that's a teacher, and um, that's just given me great eyes to see my own struggle, and Lord, I just pray that We'll pull out that trio and you, you love us to do that, Lord. You love for us to call on you and to say, we can't do this. We need our father. And so I'm so thankful for that, that you're a God that wants to help. You're a God that wants to show up. You're a God that wants to be a part of even the small and the big things of our lives. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for a relational father that loves us and protects us and comes to our rescue. And so, Lord, I just pray a blessing over the listener today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.